Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome back, everybody. And today we have an episode that we're calling Doing Well by Doing Good. And what that means to us is just as business owners, being involved in your community and giving back, whether that's through charity, volunteer work, donations. And, you know, both Andy and I have some great experience that we're going to share today, but we also have a guest that's going to talk a little bit about how you can spin this doing well by actually doing good for your business too. But Andy, I know you've been involved in lots of charities over the years and it's really affected your business as well. Yeah, it's affected my business. It's affected my life. It's affected my family. It's It's been such a positive on everything we do. Uh, it has led to uh, lots of business and, and I didn't do it because of that. You know, I did it because I feel blessed and lucky uh, to be where I am in my life. And, you know, they, they talk about giving of your time, treasure and talent. And so even I was giving back before I had treasure. Yeah. Uh, so, so I truly believe that, uh, g- giving back has changed my life. And so I've been involved, uh, with LifeNet for Families, which was my first charity, which we'll talk about in length a little bit later in the show in a, a special segment, just talking about that, um, amazing, uh, event that we do and how it's literally blown up. Uh, and there's a lot of business lessons in that. And then, you know, because you get involved in charity and people see you doing well in the economy and you do become a trusted advisor in your community, uh, I've it's led to me being the chairman of Junior Achievement, which is a big charity in our town and obviously nationally. Uh, and now I'm the current chairman of the United Way, which is a big role to play in my community. And in any community, the United Way is also a national charity. So there's, you know, responsibilities in that, but it's still giving back. And it's uh, to me uh, personally, it's taught me so many things. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. Yeah, I know it's, I mean, I've seen how much it's affected, not just the business, like you said, but your life and your family gets involved and your team gets involved in a lot of these events that you do and go to. And and some of the causes really can affect the community from a larger perspective and help small businesses thrive. Yeah. And you're doing it too. I mean, uh, we're headed out to Denver in a couple of weeks and we're going to be involved in your charity event. The, what do you call it? The Charity Ascent the charity sent, yeah. So in Colorado, hiking's a big deal, right? It's uh, pretty much what all of us do on the weekends. So about five years ago, our, our second year in business, we started this charity hike. And it's just a, a group of entrepreneurs and other small business advocates that get together. And we do a charity hike every year. And then we donate the proceeds back to a number of different charities in the Denver area that support entrepreneurs and small business owners. So for me, it's always been very important to 
give back to that community and support people, um, enable them to help start their own small or micro businesses, even if they don't come from anything. You know, we didn't come from a very wealthy background and feel very blessed that we were able to find business as a way to provide for our family. Um, so we've worked with Junior Achievement as well and helped um, in their Finance Park program as a team where you teach teenagers how to manage money. Um, and then we also really work closely with a couple organizations in town, but one that I really like is Rocky Mountain Microfinance Institute. And what they do is they give micro loans to underserved communities to start a business. So single moms, um, ex-convicts returning from the system. Sometimes it's hard for them to find jobs that allow the flexibility and their schedule they need to support their families. Um, so this program gives them a micro loan that's helps them start their own micro business that can grow and, you know, become something that really supports the family from a full-time career. Yeah. I mean, that we see it in our community. Uh, we have uh, one of our f- friends. Uh, that's the uh, beautiful thing about getting old. Your friends all of a sudden become the leaders. So uh, one of my friends is now <laughs> the president of uh, Broward College, which is one of the best community colleges uh, in the nation and Broward colleges has this, uh, called Broward up. And what he is doing is taking college to the neighborhoods that need it the most. His idea is, you know, even though it's only a quarter of a mile away or half a mile away, these campuses, these people still don't understand that they have these opportunities and same thing, uh, single moms, sometimes people returning from prison and he's taking community college into the neighborhoods. It's a, it's an amazing program, but you know, education is a key that we see in uh, helping people, you know, get out of whatever situation they're in. We also were talking before the podcast about getting people off the street with a housing first model and then wrapping, uh, wrapping social services around it. We've, I've learned so much being involved in charity, strategic planning, uh, working with other leaders, connecting in the community. Uh, I, I could talk about deals that uh, literally were at the closing table and we needed the CEO of the local hospital's uh, signature on a piece of paper and their legal department was telling us it would be two weeks. And I picked up the, my cell phone and called the CEO of the hospital and he walked over to the, walked over to the office and signed it and, as we were sitting at the closing table. I mean, just you know, and again, we don't do it for those kind of things, but you have amazing contacts in the community. Right. And I, I think that's, you know, part of something that our guest, Cami Baker, is going to talk about and what she's been able to do is giving back is it's the right thing to do, right? It's the right thing to be involved in your company. It will change your life, um, but to, to really help the community around you. But it also, it gives you access to people that you wouldn't normally meet. It also provides an education level to you about what's going on in your community and how you can help or how it, something's happening on the streets that could affect your small business. So Cami today is going to talk about um, how you can use doing good as a benefit for your company. And she's delivered more than a thousand presentations to audiences about this topic. Um, she's been a TV host and authority on the cause marketing movement. And you hear a lot about this, whether you call it, you know, B Corps or triple bottom lines. It's a really big focus in business now. And I, I think the point she gets across is like, you don't have to be a B Corp to go out and do something good for the community or the customers that you serve. Um, and it comes back triple fold or, you know, very significantly to your business and also to help you develop as a person. Yeah. I always think that 
I, I always profess that it is not the government's job to, to help fix all the social ills that we have. It, it, they can't do it by themselves. And so law enforcement can't do it. Uh, the government can't do it. The faith-based com- community can't do it. Uh, the business community can't do it alone. But together, if we all pool our resources and we all provide talent and money and resources and we band together like we did in, here in Fort Lauderdale, uh, we recently band together. We have the Broward Coalition on Homeless uh, partnering with United Way. And we band together with the court system, with police force, with government. And we literally were able to empty out a homeless encampment downtown that was really not only an eyesore and a hurting business and hurting the people that were in it. We were able to get all those people housing and then take the next step to try to combat housing. But, you know, again, we talk about these huge social ills that we have and working together. But this is the first step. This is the first step that we all take some sort of responsibility in our businesses. And we say, Hey, we're going to be a part of the solution. Right. And look, we know this is a business podcast and, and most listeners are probably listening for business, but at the end of the day, this is really how you increase the effect your business has on the community and also the value of the business. Doing things like that really helps um, from a community standpoint and from you as an owner and as your business getting known in the community for doing good. So I think we've got a lot of great stories today. Andy, we're going to jump into yours in more depth and also Cami Baker about how to use this as a benefit for your company. But great show today and let's jump into it. Let's do it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey, we're back and we are talking about doing well by doing good. And we have a very special guest. We have uh, Deanne uh, Warsoff. Uh, from Transworld Business Advisors of uh, Utah County. And uh, she has a nonprofit background uh, that she used to be CEO of a nonprofit, so she knows the industry well and she knows what it's like to give back. But she made the ultimate gift of literally giving someone a kidney of herself. And so I just thought her story was just an amazing story. And I just wanted to ask her what it's, you know, what it's like to give that ultimate gift and, and why. So, uh, Deanne, welcome back. And, uh, you, cause you've been on our show before, but give us a little bit of background about your nonprofit and what led you to even give that ultimate gift. Oh, sure. Andy, thank you so much again for asking me. So I did two stints as a nonprofit CEO. One was as an umbrella organization for other nonprofits and one was a housing organization, But I have to admit that volunteering and giving back to the community is literally in my blood. I mean, aside from giving the kidney. Um, Started volunteering as a Girl Scout when I was 10 years old. And um, one lesson I've learned just from my family background is that you never know when you're going to need something. And just being a good community member is good for you personally. It's good for your business. And my business partner, Art Warsaw, also has been extremely generous 
throughout his life. We learned that from our parents. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think we all have and, and you know, of course, learned from our family. Uh, but you've seen it too, like not even for yourselves, but obviously being a CEO of uh, two nonprofits, you've seen what it does for people that are giving back, right? Yeah. I mean, it's transformational for the people who give and it's transformational for the people who receive. Um, as the daughter of a Holocaust survivor, I am literally only here today through the goodness of others because my mother was hidden in Southern France. And if people hadn't done something literally out of the goodness of their heart for no other reason than because it was the right thing to do, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah, that's a, it, it's so many incredible stories, uh, from that time in our history. Oh, and, yeah. and so with, you know, with that and just a little bit more, a little bit more on that, you know, so you've seen business people obviously give back. Why would a business person really want to get involved? Obviously, personally, it's transformational, but you've seen it do good for people in business as well, right? I think that it sets the right image for a business. Obviously, one of the things that we did, I did when I was a nonprofit CEO was work with a lot of corporations. Yeah. And um, also with the background in banking, banks are almost required to give back to the community, but they can choose how they do so. I think it sets an example for other businesses. It sets an example for other people in the community. And I think it also speaks a lot about the company culture um, with how they give back. And I know you do the same thing, both personally and through Transworld with Junior Achievement. And I forget the name of the nonprofit, yeah. Your Spaghetti. Life I mean, yeah, sure. It, 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 we do it for ourselves, but it benefits our business because we're showing people that we're good community members. Yeah. And that's so true. So, so it's one thing to give back uh, from a company, which I know, and I give of my time and my talent and sometimes my treasure of my money, but I've never right. given a kidney or a, an organ organ. I am signed up to be an organ donor, but a live organ donor, that's something incredible. So what made you do that? It actually started with a Facebook post. One of my closest friends growing up was a kidney donor to her brother 20 years ago. And ironically enough, her brother's wife needed a kidney. Wow. And in the Facebook post, it said, we need type O because if you're a type O blood, um, you can only receive a kidney from another person who's type O. And I was type O and I literally did not think twice, texted my friend and said, what do I need to do? And I went through the whole process. And I can tell you one thing I learned is that I am extraordinarily healthy or else they wouldn't have taken it. Sure. And uh, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. And um, You I get a really good therapy. physical exam. I'm not quite sure that really tips the scales yet. It- <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, because it's not necessarily pleasant, all the stuff I had to do. But right. I don't know. It just felt right from the beginning. It really, really did. And, you know, getting back to, I think for me, not thinking twice about it is knowing that even though the people that saved my mother didn't do anything medically risky, they took a much greater risk in their lives. And deep down, I know I appreciate that every single day. And it was just one of those things I, I I spoke to my husband and I said, what do you think? And he said, hey, that's your decision. He was supportive all the way. 
it, it just isn't something that I thought a whole lot about. Once I made the commitment and I found out I was a match, I just went through with it. And I have to say, now that I'm on the other side, it's been almost 10 months. I feel perfectly fine. My recovery was great. I know that doesn't happen with everybody, but I don't regret it for a minute. And if I could, I would do it again. Yeah. Well, it's an amazing, an amazing story. Uh, thank you for everything. Thank you for being so generous. Uh, uh, and I, it, you, you know, I look up to people like you who are just so uh, giving and, and, you know, and we all do it. You know, we all try to do our part. And so uh, thank you. Well, I really appreciate it, Andy, because like I said, it just felt like the right thing to do. Well, and that's what we need to do. And that's what we try to do around here. We try to do the right thing uh, by people, not only in business dealings, but in life too, because that's what it's all about. It's it's not only in business. Business is life. We're working with people's families. We're working with people's lives. And uh, you are a shining example of that. So thank you again. And uh, thanks for coming on. Hey, if somebody wanted to do business with you or even talk about uh, what it was like to give a kidney, uh, how best to get in touch with you? So my email address is dhartswarsoff, so D-H-A-R-T-Z-W-A-R-S like Sam, O, two Fs like Frank, at tworld.com. And you can reach me by calling 801-753-5655. And again, thanks, Andy, for the compliments. And like you said, doing well by doing good makes perfect sense for business and for life. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on again. Thanks a lot. Bye. Hey, Andy, you know what time I think it is? I think it's time to talk about our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Hey, we're back and we're talking deal of the week. And we have a great deal of the week. We have Paul Eurig from our Trans World Business Advisors of Central Florida up in Orlando. And uh, he had a deal come in and we turned it around pretty quickly and there was a lot of competition for it. So it's a good deal to talk about that. And it's also a good deal because the buyer is going to go on and do something he always wanted to do in his life uh, by giving back. So uh, we could talk about all those things. Paul, welcome. And uh, tell us a little bit of how you got started with this deal and uh, how it wound up. Absolutely. Thank you, Andy. So this uh, listing actually came in as a referral from uh, a fellow CCIM board member. CCIM is a commercial real estate group that I'm uh, involved in. But uh, the seller and his friend actually started an independent insurance agency uh, about 13 years ago. And when they started it, they really only had enough money for the first, last, and security deposit and not even enough to buy used furniture. Wow. But um, anyway, 13 years later at the age of 32 – and with his first baby along the way, he actually uh, got the calling and is selling the agency to join the seminary. Wow. So this this was an interesting one because uh, I got the listing and input it into the system just after lunch. By the close of business the first day, I actually had a full price offer on my desk. By the close of business the second day, I had four offers, um, two at full price and uh, two were actually above full price. Wow. So the, uh, the ultimate buyer was actually uh, – another insurance agency that was looking to do a roll-up. This was the uh, the third agency they'd bought through Transworld. So they were happy, we were happy, and the uh, the sellers are both happy. So it actually went for a, a pretty decent multiple. It was about uh, 2.8 times cash flow, and it, and it was an insurance. So typically what they're, the uh, the buyers are looking at is the trailing 12 months um, 
premiums, uh, commissions, and um, sold for about two times that number. So it was a win-win-win all the way around. Everyone was smiling at the table and uh, just a, a great deal. Yeah, that sounds really good. I mean, the insurance industry is always hot. Uh, but even when you have a hot business, and we, we talk about this a lot, uh, you know, you're getting letters all the time from different brokers. You're getting letters from strategic buyers that want to buy your business, especially in the insurance business, especially in CPAs. And then we see, um, you know, someone call Transworld because they know that they're going to get more money if we create competition. And that's exactly what happens, right? He was thrilled. He, uh, he had no idea it was going to sell that quickly. And in fact, he was really taken aback. He was thinking he had three to six months um, lead time and uh, 68 days after he signed the uh, listing agreement, it was um, sitting at the closing table. Well, uh, it it was good on Transworld for doing it, but perhaps a little bit of divine intervention. They wanted him to get the work. <laughs> they wanted him to get the <laughs> work great. sooner, right? Yep. So if um, somebody, yeah, so it's great, great stuff. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, Paul, to talk more about insurance, uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, you can call me on my office line, 407-745-0474. We're based in Orlando, but work statewide. Yeah, great, great. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for it. the call, Andy. Take care. Welcome back, everybody. And today on The Deal Board, we're featuring businesses that do well by doing good. And with me, I have Cami Baker, who is a true expert in this field. Cami is an international speaker and author of the book, Mingle to Millions. She coaches business owners on how they can build professional relationships with business owners. She has a unique system that puts you in front of your perfect clients while getting involved in the community and giving back. And she also has a very unique story herself. So Cami, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate that as I am spinning my net web, which I can explain, um, we've been introduced and now here we are sharing this, this method and madness. Uh, with your tribe. And I, I can't wait to get started and teach them how they can make money while making a difference. That's amazing. Well, Kimmy, I gave the listeners a brief overview about you, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and what you do? Well, in a brief nutshell, I've got 15 years experience in real estate in the top 5%. And then I was also in network marketing and was in the top 1% of network marketing. And the reason for being able to jump to really quick success in those industries and a few others is really from learning how to build business relationships in a very specific way. So when I was in real estate, I had a convertible 64 and a half Mustang and I did car shows and gave the proceeds to a local uh, farm that rescued horses. And that's really what started me on learning about how to employ a cause as a way to market myself and my business, what I found was people, eh, they didn't really care so much about me or Remax, but boy, when I talked about that car show and the Live and Let Live Farm and, and how we could all be a contribution collectively and, and collaborate together, that really got people excited. And as I shifted from that career into network marketing and moved to a different state and needed to meet more people, I brought that idea and I, I reached out to um, Ronald McDonald House. And uh, I, just like what I teach my clients, let's not show up as a, a typical volunteer. This isn't about philanthropy. This is about how you can change the conversation 
to show up as a leader. So when I reached out to Ronald McDonald House in New York City, I let them know that uh, that I wanted to create a fundraiser for them. They asked me what did I want to do. I I happened to say car show, and um, and so I built that relationship with Ronald McDonald House and Make a Wish and and many different organizations. And it's all from the perspective of how can I have a conversation with people that gives me instant credibility, instant influence, have an instant impact in the community, and because of all that, generate a nice income for the company. I love that. Instant impact, instant likability, and and the instant income too. So it really comes full circle that you're giving back to your community as well as building your business. And I know this is kind of a hot topic with these like new certified B Corps and, and the giving back and the millennial generation really trying to find a passion and a cause. But how would you give business owners advice? Like how would they get started or what would they look for if they haven't given back before and they wanted to use a strategy like you did to build your businesses? Well, I've actually created a a 10 page document with a ton of links back to Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine and lots of resources that show tons of statistics. And this uh, document that I've created helps us to understand we get that doing the right thing helps people and planet. We, We intuitively get that. But how in the world can we actually not only help people and planet, but help our profit? And so in this document, if your listeners would like to get it, all they have to do is reach out to me, send an email or find me, Cammie Baker. I'm, I'm, I'm real, I'm raw, I'm relatable, and I'm reachable. I'm everywhere. You can find me. Um, but in this document, we talk about all the different statistics. So to your point, you know, millennials, right now, 50% of the workforce are millennials. And by 2025, of the people working in America will be millennials. And why is that important? Well, I could spend a couple hours on explaining why that's important, but millennials in general, 62% of them don't even want to work for a company that's not on cause. So in other words, for you as a company, if you are wanting to attract and retain top talent, you better be on cause or 62% of them won't even consider consider you. And another interesting statistic is 56% of them will work for less money because you're on cause. In other words, if if there's a company that will pay them, say $100,000, but they're not doing anything good in the world. And there's another company that'll pay them 85,000, but they're giving back and they're being part of the solution, et cetera. Statistics are 56% will take less money for that company. So there are lots of reasons. And on top of that, our the consumers and customers and clients of the world are looking for companies, products, and services that are on cause. So if everything is equal and there's three realtors up for a client or three financial planners or three insurance companies, et cetera, the one that's on cause, 85% of consumers will choose the company, the product, or the service that is known to be on cause 85% of the time. And if you think back to the 90s, Starkist Tuna had on their can Dolphin Safe. Mm-hmm. And because of that, people were paying 10 cents more for the can of tuna because it was Dolphin Safe. And they were touting it and telling their friends, you need to get Starkist because it's Dolphin Safe. So When you're on cause and when you let the world know you're on cause, people will promote you without you paying them or asking them to. Wow. 
So, I mean, so much great stuff in there, Cammie. And I, the Star Kissed example is so, I mean, it, it's such a good example. And it also because it was, it was long ago, right? It was before there was all this PR around being on cause and stuff that they were really ahead of the trend. I love that example. Well, you know, another example that's current is Dawn dish soap with the little ducky on the bottle. And, you know, it's not just about being on cause. It is about how can you, as a business person, leverage letting your past clients, your center of influence, your potential clients, et cetera, find you and know you. So, for example, when I was a real estate agent and I was doing the antique car show, every year I would reach out to my past clients, to my center of influence, to my friends, and I would say, hey, we're looking for hot cars. We're looking for people who love cars. We're looking for people who want to promote themselves and put a table or a booth up at the event. And, of course, we're looking for people who want to support the Live and Let Live Farm and save the horses. And here is the beauty of this. It, the beauty of it is that a third of the people that I would talk to, a third of them, Jessica, would say, well, Cammy, that's great, and I've got a brother with a car and all that, but how's the market? Like, I want to get my house evaluated. My brother's moving into town, and I've been meaning to call you. They weren't going to call me, but because I was on the phone or face-to-face with them, it just generated business. So it's about being able to realize when you have a different way of showing up, when you have a different conversation, nobody wants to make the call, hey, Bob, you bought a house from me two years ago. Who do you know that's in the market? Bob doesn't want to get that call. I don't want to make that call. But when I can call Bob up and tell him about the car show and that we're looking for cars and looking for collaboration partners, et cetera, it's just a fun, friendly conversation. And a third of the time it turns into business. Right. I mean, it's just, yeah, right. It's a way to open the conversation. Like I like the continued engagement with your current and past clients and continued engagement with your employees. I mean, it all makes total sense. So Cammie, what would you say to the skeptics out there that are like, well, like how do I appear authentic if I'm trying to give back, but I'm also tying it into my business? You know, those skeptics that are like, oh, well, if you're tying it into your business then you're promoting it and it's really not giving. Yep. I know those people. I meet them and I've had them in the audience when I've been talking before. And I'm going to answer that in two different ways, if I may. Uh, Number one, as Dr. Wayne Dyer taught us many years ago, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And so this isn't about trying to convert or fix people that are negative and jaded and always looking for why things don't work and always looking to be the skeptic. This is for people who are visionary who are thought leaders, who can can wrap their head around, okay, wait a minute, um, I only have three coats in my closet, but when I let my tribe know that I'm doing a coat drive, now we can gather up 300 coats for people, and when people can see that I'm doing all these types of things, it encourages them to do it 10 states away, or it has them sharing and friending and liking my posts which is obviously going to create organic growth and I'm going to be seen by that many more people. And as a positive visionary business person, it makes sense to me that the more good stuff I'm doing in the world, the more I'm going to attract other good people. So, you know, to answer your question, my, my job, my vision, my mission as it were 
isn't to try to make negative people see how this works. It's to actually attract the people who are already positive forward thinkers to, to, to look at how they can leverage and spin this in a different way. And I have had people say that type of thing. And, you know, the fact is, is when you're doing good, it makes sense that the universe is going to respond in kind. And when you let other people know that you're doing good, understand, not from the perspective of raising your hand and saying, hey, look at me, look at all the great things I'm doing. Not from that perspective, but from the perspective of, hey, look what's going on in the world. Look at all these great ways that you can participate and collaborate. Look how you can partner with us so that it's not three coats, it's 300 coats or 3,000 coats. That's where the where the rubber meets the road. That's where the good people and the visionaries come together to make massive influence, have massive impact, and create massive income. Because let's face it, the more money you make, the more good you can do in the world. And it's not about being, uh, being uh, exclusively separate. If I have money, I must be bad. And if I want to be good, I can't have money. Let's think about it as the more good I do, the more money I have, the more I can spread the wealth. Wow. That's amazing. And I, I really think this whole movement by doing well, by doing good really is the, the most, um, I'd say impactful business move that's happened over the last, um, couple of decades now, really. But Kimmy, for those business owners that are listening right now and they're like, I get this, I want to do it. I'm just not sure how to execute. I know you've helped people in the past. Talk to us a little bit about how you could help business owners or any other resources. I know you mentioned the one white paper, but any other resources that you have available for people who want to look more into this method of building their business and helping the community? Sure. So there's, there's several different ways um, that I help folks. One of the things I've been referring to lately is cause marketing in a box. So for example, I teach my clients, let's not beg for help. Let's not look for donations. Let's, let's not go out there from the perspective of looking for people to help with our events. Let's shift our energy and spin it around on its ear. And let's help people understand that by participating in our events, we are helping them. We are helping them to market themselves and to be seen by hundreds or thousands more people. So we create cause marketing in a box so that, let's say, for example, one of my clients is is, uh, president of the Board of Realtors in the seacoast of New Hampshire, and she's created something called Realtors for Recovery, and we're partnered with the Rotary. And so any of the sponsors or collaboration partners that we bring to the table We'll create an email and a Facebook and a LinkedIn and all these different posts and things that they can very easily copy and paste and use to promote what they're doing out in the world. We will teach them and show them that by the sheer nature of them getting involved and collaborating with us, it isn't about us wanting a check from them. It's about us being able to help them get checks from their community because of being involved with us. So there's many different aspects as to to how I can help and and resources I bring to the table. I've gotten partnered up with a place called Dip Jar, where you can take up um, donations at an event with this little jar that you dip your credit card in. And in three seconds, you can take donations instead of having to swipe and punch in numbers and and all that stuff. So there's, there's so many ways to make this more easy. I can create a script around if you're insurance or 
financial advisor or network marketer or anything that you're doing in the world, let's create a script where you can not be salesy and not be icky and actually reach out to all your past clients in such a way that you're promoting what you're doing and you're getting business at the same time. So lots of resources. Great. Great. Well, I mean, all of that sounds like things that I think would be very helpful for business owners, especially if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about selling your company, you know, anything you can do like this to build your name recognition, your brand and your, you know, your business, your income is going to increase your valuation at the end. So this is a really important topic. And I hope people reach out to you, Cami. Speaking of that, how can people reach you? I know you're all over social media. Tell us your handles, websites, all that stuff. Well, pretty much Cami Baker is, is my Facebook, my LinkedIn, all of it, Cami at CamiBaker.com. Um, real easy to find, C-A-M-I, you'll see the spelling there. And let me just make one comment about um, elevating your, uh, your evaluation for exit strategy. When you're doing something around a cause, people may not be shouting about you or your business, but they are passionate and they will be shouting about your cause. So if you're supporting veterans, for example, and you're doing an event or some kind of campaign around veterans, you will find that people will like you, they will comment, they will share, people will start friending you and getting involved because of your um, because of your cause. And so when you can double your social media exposure, when you can triple or quadruple or ten times your email list and your text list and your and your bot list, in other words, when you can prove concept of all these people that are following you and liking you and talking about you, when you can get interviewed like I am being now, when you can get on TV and radio and podcasts and print, people don't care so much about talking about necessarily just your company, but when you are doing something for a veteran or for a single mom or for animals or for the cancer people in the area, like when you're doing something on cause, all the different kinds of media wants to interview you, wants to have you in front of their people, and all of that social proof leads back to a higher evaluation when you exit. Very, very true. Well, Cami, I mean, this was all amazing content. I hope the listeners take action and reach out to us, reach out to Cami. Let us know if you do build a social cause around your business and have success around it. We'll also drop links um, to Cami's social um, posts and also her website into our show notes. But Cami, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise with the listeners. It is my honor. The, the more that I can mingle my way to millions of people, the more millions of people can spread the message and more millions of people can benefit. So thanks for having me on. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Welcome back, everybody. And for our listing of the week this week, I have Ross Hames from our Transworld Denver office telling us about a great acquisition opportunity in the med spa industry. Thanks, Jessica. Uh, this is a med spa that's been in business for over 20 years. Uh, the owner has run it herself. She's a physician, uh, but she has estheticians trained to do all the treatments. The great thing about this business is it's a real moneymaker. Uh, it's an industry that's poised for growth as baby boomers get older and want to look younger. And she's even seeing millennials come in for service because they, they want to prepare, that they want to preserve their looks as they go forward in the business world. So it's just a great opportunity. The numbers on this are outstanding. It's priced at 749000 
which includes probably a million, a half a million dollars worth of equipment and facilities. And it's earning over $400,000 a year for the owner. So this is a real steal at that price. Uh, it can be run by a non-medical professional as long as you enlist a medical director part-time. So there's really no barriers to entry. Uh, you just have to step up to the plate and do this deal. Great. And also, Ross, didn't you mention to me earlier that it's already pre-qualified for an SBA loan? Yes, I've had a couple of lenders look at this and they love the industry. They love this business because it's a real cash cow. So they're eager to lend on it to a good, well-qualified buyer. Well, honestly, sounds like a steal, especially in that industry. If the listeners want to learn more about this business, how can they reach you? Email me. It's rhames, H-A-Y-M-E-S, at tworld.com, or call me at 303-594-8295. Great. Thanks, Ross. Welcome back, everybody. And as promised, we're going to do a deep dive with Andy today about this pasta dinner that he started almost 18 years ago and has really provided a great community impact. And I think it's a great learning lesson for all of us as business owners of about the type of impact we can have, even with just starting with something small. So Andy, you've been doing your pasta dinner. It's coming up on 18 years, right? In February, it will be eight, number 18. It will be. It'll be number 18. It's uh, been an incredible ride. So we'll talk about some of the success stats. I think you just eclipsed over 1.5 million people that you've helped, all that kind of stuff. But let's take it back to the first pasta dinner. Like, what? why did you start this pasta dinner and kind of what did that first dinner look like? So uh, it, it goes a little bit before that. I'll, I'll, I'll start off how I got involved in LifeNet. I was, you know, looking to network in the community. I knew that I should network in the community as a business owner, and I was at my chamber of commerce, we had a weekly uh, lunch meeting that we would get together. And one of the members of that lunch meeting every week was somebody from the charity LifeNet for Families, uh, which was then called Cooperative Feeding. And she broke down and started crying. And I'm like, you know, literally sobbing at the table. And we said, what's wrong? And they said, the soup kitchen, you know, the the pantry uh, does not have air conditioning. We're in Florida. It's 95 degrees outside. She's like, it's 120. People are you know, literally passing out, everybody's going to quit. And the landlord won't help us. No one will help us. We're, we're sunk. And so I opened my big mouth and said, I'll help. And she's like, well, how are you going to help? And I said, well, we've sold some air conditioning businesses. I'll lean on a few friends. We'll get the air conditioning replaced. You know, long story, $4,000 later, I tried to raise money from my friends and family to kind of help pay for it. And the executive director was so impressed. She's like, why don't you join our board? And I said, what's a board? I had no idea what a board was on a charity. Uh, and so she said, well, you know, cut, you, you sit on our board. We have monthly meetings. So I did that. And over the next few years, I got very involved. I eventually became chairperson. We eventually built a brand new facility for the place. And we took a mortgage from uh, another charity, a uh, long story. And so we're sitting in this brand new building uh, and we, you know, nobody knew about us in the community. And I said to every, all the board members, I, and we had no money. I said, we have to raise money and we have to raise awareness about this place. Now, everybody's got to do something on the board. I don't care what you do. Uh, so I used to be in the pasta business, which is another story for another podcast someday. And we, uh, I said, I'm going to cook dinner for my family here at the center. Now we serve, our daily meal from nine in the morning to 11 uh, in the morning, because uh, that's what the city wants us to do. 
And uh, so in the afternoons, uh, the, the pantry and the kitchen are empty. So Sunday afternoon, I decided to have dinner for my friends and family. I got my mom and my grandmother uh, to help me cook. Uh, we cooked a dinner for about 30 people, friends and family, charged them 25 bucks a head and raised about uh, $300. And that was the first pasta dinner. And that was 18 years ago uh, this February. No, you just, you have to start somewhere, right? I think um, when we're talking about this topic for a lot of people, they're going to hear stories like what, what the pasta dinner is now and think, oh my God, like, how can I do that? How can I serve, you know, over 1.5 million people? I think the key is that happens over time, right? It's, it doesn't, you don't have an event or you, you don't do something to support a cause and it's a, a home run right away, right? It starts small. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, I could talk about some of the spinoff events that have happened because I've in, I've encouraged other people, inspired other people to do their own events. So when we were doing this event, and there's a few sticky things like a Malcolm Gladwell-ish kind of stickiness to uh, some of the things that we do. Like, so the pasta dinner, four o'clock on a Sunday, families are welcome. So like what charity event can you bring your kids to? And, and feel, and, and wear jeans and wear shorts and just come as you are on a Sunday afternoon, uh, to have dinner with everybody. So that's, was kind of the initial stickiness of it. Really, everybody really enjoyed that. So, and we started having these things and they got more popular. It got so popular that, you know, the room held 60 people. We had to have two seatings and we're having two seatings at the, at, at a place that had no parking really. And so, you know, we have 120 people, all these families coming in, we're raising, you know, a couple of thousand dollars now. And uh, a local friend of mine, uh, through Leadership Broward, again, networking, again, getting out in the community, uh, Leadership Broward, a fellow graduate of mine comes through the event and he says, you got to get this thing out of here. And he worked at the local uh, huge uh, catering hall. And he said, you're going to move it to the signature grant. And I said, I can't afford the signature grant. He goes, we're going to make it work. And they did. And so we had one of their ballrooms and then we had two of their ballrooms. And then we have, now we're taking over the whole place, which holds a thousand people. We had over 900 people last year. We raised $240,000 for the one year and, you know, for last year. And it's just, everybody loves the event. Yeah. And it's, I mean, now you have, I guess not just, um, you know, serving the top positor now, but now you've like the honorary chef program and junior chef programs to get more people involved in the community, right? Yeah. So, you know, like once upon a time, we're early in the pasta there. I used to wear a chef coat and a chef hat being chef Andy. And it's, that's going to be on my gravestone. Talk about changing your life, right? That everybody knows me as chef. And, and so one of my friends said, Hey, I want a chef coat too. And I'm like, well, give me 5,000 bucks. <laughs> I just like, I spit out a number. He said, fine. So I made him an honorary chef. And so now we have this honorary chef program for $5,000 and it could be cumulative. You just need to, you know, uh, pledge $5,000. And now we have over a hundred chefs and the place is a sea of white coats. And then we decided, wow, the kids want to get involved. So then we have the junior chef program where these high school kids get involved. And we, and, and in the beginning, by the way, when we had this, uh, when we had the pasta dinner, the families used to come down, they used to tour the facility. 
And we used to tell them the stories of what happens in the facility. One of my friends came up to me after one of the first pasta dinners and said, hey, you made my 11-year-old cry. And I, talking about people being hungry. And I said, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. He goes, no, thank you. I mean, thank you. You know, just had the, so we wanted that impact to continue, even though we moved it to the uh, big catering hall. So we have the junior chef program now where the, where the high school kids come down, they do a project in there. They, they fed last year, the chef, they put on an Italian dinner, invited a bunch of the clients to come back on a Saturday uh, lunch and they cooked the, and they made the kids cook the Italian dinner. They made the kids serve the Italian dinner and, you know, clean up the Italian. It was an amazing day. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, like, obviously it's grown to be a really well-known event in the community. What kind of impact has it had on LifeNet, like the charity that the dinner supports? Well, it's, it's number one, it's their number one fundraiser right now. So about, you know, $200,000 nets, probably about 170, $180,000 after expenses. Uh, so it's their number one, uh, fundraiser. The other thing it's done is it's attracted my friends and friends of friends to join in and help LifeNet. And it's really taken LifeNet from being this obscure, uh, charity to making it one of the, you know, known as the place where it's kind of the front lines of charity. I don't want to make it sound like just a soup kitchen. We help people get their food stamps. We help people uh, have mail. We help people uh, get uh, social services and health services because we have people from the local hospital there. It's literally a front lines of charity. Uh, we, we have daily showers. So there's lots of things that go on. We have emergency food. We have a mobile food pantry where we serve people and we bring them food if they're, you know, home uh, bound and uh, seniors. So it's a lot more than just a daily meal. Right. And I think your point too, about bringing recognition to charities too. I, I think a lot of times people think, oh, well, I don't have a ton of money to give to charities, but especially some uh, newer charities or smaller charities, the recognition and the volunteers are just as important if you can have an event and help bring people to help that charity in other events, right? Yeah, I didn't have any money when I started the pasta dinner. I was I was at shaking down my friends and family for the money. And so, uh, you know, we, now it's underwritten by a lot of corporations and Transworld's now a national company and and we have national char, uh, national companies that are helping us and we have many powerful friends I've gotten involved, including government. Uh, but yeah, it's just brought forward so much more and these charities, yes, they need their time, they need time, they need volunteers. Uh, LifeNet runs on 400 volunteers a week. I mean, we need tons of volunteers and and, and of course we need expertise. Uh, you know, they they had a, a, a environmental issue and we had an environmental lawyer that gave pro bono services over a decade to solve this issue. It's yeah, they need tons of stuff charities. Yeah. And I, I know we talked about in the intro that, you know, getting involved in the community, getting involved in charity can change your life and it can change your business. So what impact has it had, you know, on Transworld and also on your family? I know a lot of your team's involved, your family's involved. What impact has it had in your life too? Well, I, I, you know, I think it's always kept me humbled to see the people at LifeNet, the people who are on the front lines of charity, uh, of, of poverty, 
it certainly kept me humble that, you know, a lot of people are one paycheck away from being destitute. Uh, and it certainly kept my kids humble. Uh, you know, my daughters, uh, you know, see what, you know, that there are people that are suffering and certainly, uh, aren't as lucky as them. It has brought me a ton of knowledge, uh, being, uh, sitting on boards, sitting through strategic planning meetings, uh, sitting with major corporate CEOs, uh, from places like AutoNation and JM Family and top companies or at the city furniture. I mean, and these are the people that are, you're working side by side with in charity for strategic planning. And then, you know, listen, I, 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 lo- I love the fact that I've been recognized, uh, but, uh, you know, it has brought trans world to a different level. I mean, I was recently recognized by the Sun Sentinel with the Excalibur award, which is one of the top awards in our, and, and, and it's it, top awards in our community. And it is no doubt because of the pasta dinner. I mean, I am known as Chef Andy. It'll be on my gravestone. Uh, and, and, but, you know, it has given me so much more. It has taught me so many things. Uh, and, and we have absolutely gotten business from it. Right, right. I, I know you joke all the time that it will be on your gravestone, but it is. I mean, it's a fantastic event. It provides a lot of impact to the community. Um, before we finish up, I know you have the date already set for next year in case any listeners are in the Florida area or even want to come to Fort Lauderdale for the next dinner. So um, what's the date for the event? And then also, I, I think you have a website dedicated for information about the event as well. Yep. So the pasta dinner is one week after Super Bowl. It is February 9th, 2020. It'll be our 18th year, uh, which is good luck in the Jewish community. So it'll be good luck for all of us. Uh, and, uh, and it, we have a website called Andy's pasta dinner.com. Uh, we, we don't have the website, uh, up yet, but we will, uh, probably by the end of August, this is, you know, we kind of gear up. It takes about six months, a year of, of planning for this thing. We have an incredible shout out to all my committee members that have worked with us tirelessly that give, uh, back to our community as friends and family and business associates that sit on that committee and bring in dollars. Uh, it is, you know, one of the things when you get, into charity and when you get build a big business and when you have a hugely successful event it is not andy's pasta dinner anymore <laughs> it is everybody's pasta dinner and everybody's helping the kids and it, it's just amazing well it's been it's been an amazing journey it's been great to watch you and andy thank you for sharing that journey with the listeners thank you thanks jess thanks for tuning into our show today If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. If you have questions or suggestions for the show, visit us at tworld slash thedealboard or email us at thedealboard at tworld.com. Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like, but you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.